one of Danny's former coaches is now coaching his former team. We have an NBA Finals to look forward to, and we're doing that because Game 7 did not go the way that the Boston Celtics had hoped. Trying to be the first team to ever come back from an 0-3 deficit did not take place. Miami Heat get the dub. 103-84 really wasn't entertaining unless you were a Miami Heat fan. So let's go to Danny, uh, a guy who knows, knows his fair share about being in the NBA Finals, having won three NBA titles. Danny, first question. Why aren't the Celtics, the team who seem like the most talented team on paper, not in the NBA Finals? Yeah, less entertaining is a nice way to put it. They got smoked, but um, they're not in the NBA Finals because we talked about it time and time again. Just of the immaturity, the lack of immaturity this year. Um, and I think it's a lot to do with, with the rotations being changed and, of course, the coaching change. You know, a lot of uh, – Joe Mazzola's first year, and I think he did a great, amazing job of adjusting. Um, but it's his first year. Don't expect him to know everything and make all the right adjustments, but it's not with him. I think it starts with the players because a lot of things that happened on that floor, those guys can police themselves. Um, you know, they looked very bright-eyed. They looked very rookie-ish in the first, you know, half where they were rushing a lot of threes, taking a lot of attempts, and a lot of bad attempts. They weren't great attempts, and they missed a lot of them. The reason why they missed a lot of them because they weren't good attempts. And, you know, Miami's been there before, and not saying that, you know, Miami's uh, not a good team, but we all know, I think everybody in the series knew it was frustrating to watch because Boston, in everybody's mind, was the better team. If they played the way they were supposed to play, they win the game, especially at home, playing like that. It, it was tough to watch. Um, it's tough to watch a lot of games. You never know what Boston you're going to get, even in the Philly series. They went seven games. In my uh, Atlanta series, they went six games when they shouldn't have. Um, they're a very talented team, but I think the immaturity got to them, the best of them, and it's hard to put yourself in a hole three games and expect to win a series like that, which they could have made history tonight. Um, but the immaturity really showed tonight and, um, you know, the lack of discipline and some of the bad shot selections and turnovers. Even with all that being said, they were in the game at some points of the game with how bad they were shooting. Yeah, no, it's uh, disappointing to see the Celtics go through this uh, yet again. I felt like you and I, when we were covering the finals last year, talking about the finals last year, it looked like the Celtics should have won the finals last mm -hmm. year. But it was immaturity, turnovers. And today it was even worse because you had Jason Tatum. He had the ankle injury pretty much in the first couple minutes of the game. That hurt them. Uh, Jalen Brown, eight turnovers. But overall, Danny, it's so it's so I'm not a Celtics fan. I'm not a Celtics fan, but I'm I don't frustrated. Think either of us because are. They, but yeah, you want to see good basketball. It, you want to see a good game seven. Yes. You want to see the better team at least, if not win, make it a game. You know what I'm saying? To get smoked at home on a game seven series on your home court, like that's tough to watch, especially as the way they've been playing up and down all year. Um, but shout out, kudos to Miami, man. Give them their flowers. Caleb Martin and Myers should have been Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Um, Jimmy obviously played a hell of a whole postseason. Uh, but this series, they're not in these games or even the games they lost or winning these games without Caleb Martin. And it's just a it's 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 very clear and obvious to see who was changing the game for Miami. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Miami in a minute and we'll have a whole week and a half, if not two weeks to talk to, about the Miami Heat because they are now in the NBA Finals. But let's focus in on the Boston Celtics for just a little bit more. So here's the conversations. I'm going to predict the conversations that are going to happen, Danny. Well, as soon as we turn on the TV tomorrow morning, here's what you're going to hear. Number one, Joe Mazzulla is unfit for the job. This team relies on too much threes. He's got to go. Number two, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they've tried this thing over and over and over again. Jalen Brown, now eligible for the Supermax. They're about to pay over 100, basically $100 million 
per, they're going to pay over $100 million just to these two guys alone once their deals start kicking in, especially going to be more punitive when that soup, when that second apron and the new CBA comes in. They're going to, people are going to say, you know what they're going to say? Time to break up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Your thoughts. Joe Mazzulla's future as the head coach of the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as the future duo of the Boston Celtics. I think, well, for Joe Mazzulla, I think he did an amazing job for year one. And considering the circumstances that he came into the job, coming from behind the bench and now head coach, uh, I think he did a great job. So I, I don't think he should be fired. This is year one. Let him get his feet wet, get his feet under him with this team. Um, I think they give him another shot, another chance at it. But you never know in today's NBA. See, Monty got fired, which was crazy to me in my eyes. And a lot of coaches got fired. And you can go down a list from Bud to Doc. All these coaches got fired. And you're like, why? But Monty, to me, was outrageous. Um, so it, it, this wouldn't be outrageous. I wouldn't be shocked by it. But I do think he deserves another year, another chance, um, considering that it's his first year. Jalen and Jason, um, they've been successful, man. They've been a lot of Eastern Conference Finals and only maturing and getting better. I think another year together and hopefully having a set stable coaching staff with Joe and having a set rotation. I don't know who they pick up, who they you know fit, figure out who moves, who doesn't, and keep Grant Williams, Robert Williams. Um, it's going to be a chess match with that and so with every team every summer because not a lot of free agents are going to be some pieces that be moved into that 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 cap and that, that second umbrella that's coming to happen. They have, teams going to have to make moves, um, but I think ultimately you keep them together. And you find ways to continue to keep them healthy and get back to it. Because when they're healthy and they're back to it, they're, you know, top three teams in the, in the league. And all it comes down to is being healthy and, and playing at the right time, like Miami did, getting hot at the right time. Um, Milwaukee had a bad stretch of games. They didn't play well at the right time. To us, best team in the league, they lost the first round. Boston might have been the second best team in the league. And they're out of the, the playoffs right now because they just had a bad stretch during this time. But I think with those two, you, you're going to be very successful. Now, I think you give one more year and see. If not, I think I think you should wait on the Supermax extension. Is that a possibility? Because I wouldn't throw it out there right away until. I don't think you. Yeah, I think you you run you run into the risk of not putting that on the table. Then you're going to really start to rub people the wrong way, rub agents the wrong way. And then you really, lose them for free, I, lose them for nothing. Yeah, you don't know. You don't. You, I mean, you could end up in that situation too, and that's obviously not something. But that you won't lose him for you nothing. Cannot. You'll get something. You'll no. get something for yeah. him usually. Of course. But, um, of course. I, I don't. I think that's too much money for those two guys. I mean, obviously, on one team, I think those guys both deserve those contracts. I just don't think on one team to handle because then now you're eliminating your supporting cast. You know, you're not going to be able to keep Grant Williams. You're not going to be able to keep Brogdon. Derek White, who makes a good penny, he's going to make another good penny coming up. Um, how do you keep those guys on payroll if you're giving those two, you know, the bulk of the bread? So um, it's going to be interesting to see, man. But I, I do think you try to find a way to keep them together um, for at least another year. And with Joe, and then if it doesn't work out after that, then I think it's maybe time to to make some changes, so some real changes. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's roster building is about to become very difficult in the NBA because of the CBA this summer predicting a lot of movement, which is one of the reasons why, as well as this young core of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have been over the course of their career. If you are a front office, you'd be you'd be derelict in your duties if you don't at least explore what else is out there. All right, let's uh, turn the page on the Boston Celtics. I'm sure they'll be getting all types of roasted in media over the next 72 mm -hmm. hours. Again, it's not that they <laughs> lost. It's how they lost. Yes. Having no other pitch other than the fastball is just sigh worthy disappointing yeah. anyways let's talk about the miami heat yeah who have been coached up 
to uh, an NBA Finals level. Danny, you last saw the Miami Heat <laughs> in the NBA Finals. We'll talk about how they shape they, how they shape up against the Denver Nuggets in the finals. But let's just talk about this series specifically. I thought I thought that the Boston Celtics were going to win because I thought they maybe just maybe started to figure out Jimmy Butler. They stopped jumping mm. at all the pump fakes. Bam mm-hmm. Adebayo has not been efficient in the paint. But here comes Max Struess. Here comes <laughs> Gabe Vincent. Here Duncan comes Robinson. Caleb Martin. Here comes Duncan Robinson. Here comes, hold on. This is how this is how nondescript this team is. I got to make sure I get the name right. Kyle Here comes. Lowry, hold Smith. on, it's loading. It's loading. It's loading. Oh, my Wi-Fi. Kyle slow. Lowry, Kevin Love, Here comes. Yeah. Here comes. Here comes Haywood Highsmith. Yeah. All of these guys <laughs> that you're you're not paying attention to. Eventually, you are. You still you know what they do, and you still can't stop them. Mm-hmm. It's because Postra, because of that. I hate to say it. But I gotta give I gotta give a props now to quote unquote hashtag heat culture. They're in the finals <laughs> again, Danny. And they I are. know you probably didn't predict this to happen like this. Uh no. I know you had them beating the Knicks, but to see them yes. back in the finals, my word. No, they they proved everybody wrong. They, they're shocking the world right now, unbelievably. Um, I did not have them winning this series. When they up 3-0. And it came to seven that I, I couldn't trust Boston this game seven. I did think they would win this game seven. I thought Miami would. I didn't think it would be like this. I didn't think they would smoke them. But I thought it's hard for Boston to win four against any team. There's a reason why in history, 150 and all, to come back down, you know, 03 and win the series. So I did think Miami would win this game. Um, but no, I did not think. And, and realistically, they shouldn't match up well against any of these teams they beat, except for the Knicks. <laughs> you know, Milwaukee is not a great matchup, especially without Tally Hero. Boston not a great matchup. Neither is Denver. But when you got your bench or your undrafted players averaging 56 points throughout a series, you can be mm. any team out there. You can win any game. Duncan Robinson, High Smith, Caleb Martin. I said, in my eyes, Eastern Conference MVP. No disrespect to Jimmy. Jimmy deserves his flowers. He's been killing and carrying that team all postseason. But this series, Caleb Martin kept them afloat even when they were down losing and in winning games, helped them win games. But they finally brought Duncan Robinson back in the lineup, used them some, not as just a three-point threat, but cutting to the basket and some easy layups. Kalo, you know, came alive, played well. Um, Struess hit some big, timely threes. Gabe Vincent had hell of a game. He was shooting, averaging 18 at one point, shooting 58 from the field, 50% from three. Um, so when you have that type of supporting cast, man, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. Even when, J- when Bam and Jimmy weren't having great nights, they were still in the game. Last game they won, they should have won last game, game six. And Jimmy and Bam had the worst games probably of their careers, damn near, because the others kept them in the game. Tonight, the same. Bam didn't have a great night. He ended up picking up. Jimmy started picking up later on. He had a decent night. Um, but it wasn't playoff Jimmy, like, you know, him giving you 40, 50 points or 30 points. He had a, mm-hmm. to me, it was like a quiet 29. But, you know, because those others said it doesn't matter who they're playing. They have a chance. And I think this Denver series is going to be not as easy as everybody thinks it's going to be, especially if those guys keep playing the way they're playing. It's going to be hard to do that for two series in a row. Uh, but yeah, we will see. We'll come find out. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about the Denver series after the break. But real quick, uh, mm-hmm. give me just give me your insight on that zone that was so huh. successful for Eric Spolstra tonight in Game Seven. It completely forced the Celtics to just look at the three real quick. Uh, that zone. What were your thoughts of it? They did a great job because they knew what Boston was looking for. I think that. If they they work their way inside out, which is not a bad theory, but sometimes you just got to work your way inside in. 
And, you know, it just looked weird. The shots that they were taking, it didn't look natural. Even when Tatum caught at the foul line, it was wide open. He took a free line jumper. Not used to doing it that way. He's just shooting a pull-up mid-range off the pick and roll, but a catch, turn, and shoot like he's in high school or college in the zone. He hit the, he hit the backboard and came up the rim and looked like a weird shot. So um, those type of shots that they were getting was not something they're used to doing. I'm sure they'll go over to some point next season of how to go against certain zones. But, you know, if they junked it up. They junked the game up. It was kind of a Nick Nurse type of situation where they made it you know, outside the box, throwing some things at them, didn't know. What, by the time they figured it out, it was too late. Um, but yeah, the zone was very efficient. And as long as they boxed out and got rebounds, I think Boston did a bad, not a great job of trying to fort, like get to the rim, get to Peyton more, and obviously use their size of offensive rebounding and finishing at the rim. Um, but they, you know, Miami made them do what they wanted them to do. And that's, you know, take awkward shots, work the inside out and take contested threes, which they missed. My only regret of this series going seven is that Eric Spolstra didn't have a wealth of time to prepare for Nikola Jokic. But I am excited to see because he's shown they can queue up some stuff that could really mess up some teams. So uh, with that being said, we might as well break down the NBA Finals. Nikola hmm. Jokic versus Eric Spolstra, Jimmy Butler, Pam Adebayo in the Miami Heat. We'll break that down right after break. Be right back. The Denver Nuggets will open the NBA Finals at home at Ball Arena as big-time favorites, according to FanDuel Sportsbook, minus 420. Big-time favorites against the Miami Heat to win the whole thing. Uh, let's go to the guy who's got three rings in his trophy case somewhere. Uh, Danny, let's start with the Denver Nuggets, the big-time favorite to win. Give me your scouting report. From the Denver Nuggets, I'm going to want to try to push the pace as much as possible. You know that they're going to try to attack Jokic um, and, and every pick-and-roll uh, you got to do the same on the other end. You have to make Jokic attack Bam and give them different looks. Jamal Murray has to continue to push, and they have to use their size. I think that they they push the pace, try to get as much pressure on the paint, and also try to kill them on the glass and rebounding. With Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, those guys are going to have to come up big with also guarding Jimmy and guarding Bam and kind of slowing down the others. I think they have a lot of pieces. KCP playing unbelievable. Uh, but as long as they push the pace and use their size the offensive rebound like they did against the Lakers, um, I think they have a really good shot of, of winning this series. Yeah, for sure. That altitude will definitely play a factor as well. We'll talk about that in a moment. But let's go to the Miami Heat back in the finals. Last time you saw them in the finals, Danny, you were part of the Lakers. It was a 2020 bubble. Uh, I don't know what was on that scouting report, but I imagine maybe some of that is relative to the series against the Nuggets. Now, one minute, the Miami Heat scouting report. If I'm Miami, I mean... I don't doubt them that they don't know how to play against a team like this because they've played like this in the past. You know, they played through Bam. They know how Jokic likes to pass and they have like backdoors. So Miami at one point played the same way. They had backdoor cuts playing through Bam. So they know how to stop that. Send everything up the floor. Don't double Jokic. This is going to be a Bam-Jokic series. Bam has to step up and be that defensive player that he's been the last couple of years and hopefully be a defensive player type of year type player. Um, and hopefully they take some things the way Lakers did. Have Bam off him sometimes when he needs a break and be helps out weak side. But I think you play Bam and him one-on-one -on -one and, and also, I say, I'm say muck up the game, but slow it down a little bit uh, so that you have a shot. at. at and offensively, you got to attack Jokic. Put him in every pick and roll, attack Jamal Murray. Put them in every situation so that they wear him down. And, and while the, offense, the time they get the offense into the floor, that they're tired, they're maybe not making as many shots, but the key is to 
for them not to muck it up or slow it down, but to play one-on-one against Jokic and send everything up the floor, but uh, also attack Jokic and Jamal Murray in every pick and roll possible. Yeah, so uh, one of the reasons why the Miami Heat might feel optimistic about their abilities to play in the pick and roll against Jokic, Chris Haynes is reporting that Tyler Hero is targeting a game three return in this NBA Finals. Tyler Hero broke his hand game one of the Eastern Conference first round against the Milwaukee Bucks. DG, I know, I think I know the kind of report. You, mm-hmm. of course, you put Jokic in pick and rolls, but mm-hmm. they just played against Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. They just played against uh, Devin Booker and uh, Kevin Durant. They just played against LeBron with D'Angelo Russell or Austin Reeves, whoever you want to think might be a pick and roll partner. And also AD was there. Mm -hmm. Why weren't those teams able to expose Jokic in the pick and roll? And why could why could the Miami Heat potentially do that? I think they did at times. They just weren't consistent with it. And I think they let Denver just outscored them most of those games. You know, they pushed the pace, outscored them. Um, in some games, it was ugly. But I think for the most part, you got to be able to put pressure on them, also get stops. You got to find ways to not only stop Jokic, but slow down Jamal Murray. Make sure Aaron Gordon doesn't kill your KCP and Bruce Brown. Those guys, those others, they only go about seven, eight deep. Uh, so you can't let Denver outscore you, especially when they're having a bad night shooting. Um, but I think so they probably could have went to a little more. Um, a little more aggressively, you know, Lakers and they they found ways that, you know, they found ways to hide Jokic. And Jokic is not as bad as people say he is. He's not just not there. He's going to step up and play. He's an MVP player for a reason. He's going to, you know, make some defensive plays here and there. Uh, but you have to wear him down some more and, uh, as much as possible and put him in as many as you can and don't let them set outscore you, basically. Jokic averaged, uh, I believe it was 42 minutes in that Western Conference series against the Los Angeles Lakers during the regular season, he only averaged 33 minutes a game. So uh, he will come in rested, obviously, because they swept the Lakers. But there's going to be a lot of uh, they're going to be asking him for a lot. You Frankly, you know what? They're going to be asking him to be the MVP, which is, mm-hmm. which is something he's been twice in his NBA career. So if he plays his MVP standard, if he makes Eric Spoelstra feel like we can't guard him one on one with Bam, then everything starts to open up for the Denver Nuggets and it becomes a world of trouble. For sure. That was the thing for me when I saw them versus the Lakers. I'm like, well, the Lakers have a chance. You got Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis would guard him one-on-one. Was not the case. This guy is spectacular and the whole world is about to see. With that being said, DG. You can't let the others beat you. The others are going to be the others and who's going to outplay who and others is going to be the determined factor of these two teams. And that's the Caleb Martin, the Duncan Robinson, Max Truce against Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, KCP, Bruce Brown. Those are the guys going to be the guys that determine who's going to win the game. Obviously, Jamal Murray and Jokic going to do what they do. Bam and Jimmy going to do what they do. Hopefully, Bam and Jimmy do what they do. I know you know Jimmy is Bam sometimes. They're both sometimes inconsistent. Some games they may have a bad game, uh, but so does the other side. Jamal might have a bad game here and there, but the others are going to dictate and determine the rest of the series. I think Aaron Gordon is going to be huge in this series. I think he brings the physicality that allows him to guard Jimmy Butler. If he brings the discipline, a.k.a. not falling for the pump fakes, mm-hmm. um, the Heat are really going to be waiting and hoping uh, that Tyler Hero can be a contributor in this series if that turns out to be the case. With that being said, we'll do quick predictions, Danny. We can do our little more X and O breakdown later in the week. I got mm-hmm. Denver Nuggets in six. I think mm. Gordon and KCP can guard Jimmy Butler, especially KCP can spend some time on Hero when he comes back in the series. And I'm not denying Jokic no more. He gave AD the business one-on-one. I'm sorry, Bam. I'm going to think he's going to do it to you, too. Uh, and I got Nikola Jokic finals MVP. Real quick, who wins? How many games? Finals MVP. 
There's not many times we agree, Harrison, but on this one, I will say we are <laughs> spot on, kid. And I got the Nuggets in six as well. Nikola Jokic, finals MVP. Jamal Murray's having a huge series, but I think Aaron Gordon is a big key. And I thought he was going to be a big key in the Lakers series, which he was, his size and, and you know trying to limit and contain Braun, AD, but he'll switch down the line. Um, but I think this one, he'll be even more better. He'll be better than he was in the last series and more of a, of a valuable piece or intricate part to their success. And if he does play defense the way he can and rebound uh, against Jimmy the way we know he can, then they're going to be champions. Yeah, it's going to be tough for sure uh, to see the Heat pull this out. But, hey, we thought it was going to be tough for the Heat versus the Bucks. Yeah, I man, personally we've... thought it was going to be tough for the Heat versus the Knicks. We better than I thought Jimmy it was going to be real times. tough for the Heat versus the Boston Celtics. And they yeah, keep on I didn't denying think everything that makes logical sense. <laughs> so who knows? Yeah. But end of the day, if you want to take down our predictions, we both got Denver Nuggets in six. Nikola Jokic, finals MVP, backing up years. We're coming after the year where he won his second of back-to-back -back MVPs would be quite the run for the Serbian center balling for the Denver Nuggets. Be right back after the break. We talk about one of Danny's former teammates helping out another big man in the league, Nick Nurse, now the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. We break that down after the break. We're back with more Inside the Green Room. Make sure you follow us on, on Instagram, Inside Green Room, and on Twitter, Green Room Inside. Real quick, Danny, before we get out of here, yes, uh, your former head coach, the one that helped you get your second NBA championship, Nick Nurse, is now coaching your former team. Nick Nurse, the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, a played out joke that I saw on social media. I saw it too much, too many times. They replaced Doc with a nurse. Come on now. We knew that one was coming. Uh, with that being said, uh, Danny, what is the best part of him being the Philadelphia 76ers head coach? There's a many, there's many ways to interpret that. Um, the best part about him being the head coach is the, so the fact that him and Joe have had so many battles and you can see through the media, um, the, I won't say the intensity, but a little bit of back and forth they've had, you know, even on the court. But I think also the best part about that in hand in hand is that they know each other and respect each other pretty well. Um, also, the fact that I think him, Nick Nurse and Daryl Morey kind of have a similar mind. So the best part about that is, is that I don't know what Philly's going to do in terms of James and who's coming back and who's traded, and who's not. But the people they do have there, I think they will respect them and, and, and like him because of the fact that they've had battles against him. And they know how he coaches, and they think he's a really good coach. So, yeah, and Daryl Morey said him and Daryl Morey think very much alike. Yeah, I, I do think there will be some innovativeness uh, maybe with some of the offense as well because I think Nick Nurse will be able to predict some of those unique defenses that Joel is going to see in the playoffs like he saw this past year. Um, mm -hmm. he, he talked about how much that pick and roll really got shut down once the Boston Celtics used Robert Williams and Al Holford in that starting lineup, Nick Nurse would maybe be able to predict that a bit better and be more prepared because that would be something that he would have done if he was on the other side. Uh, he's frustrated Joel a number of times in his career. Probably, I think he's the only coach to hold Joel to a zero-point game. Yeah, and under 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 10, like multiple games, I think. He's held him under 10 probably, I think, two or three times. Yeah, so you know, Joel, Joel will probably be a better player for it. Now, will the roster be as good as it was this year? We'll find out. Uh, speaking of yeah. another head coach that is out there in the market, Frank Vogel 
is still mm-hmm. out there. Danny, you caught up with your head coach that actually helped you win your third NBA title recently. Mm-hmm. How's Mr. Vogel doing? He's doing well, man. We got a chance to catch up a little bit. We chop it up here and there. He lives in the area where I live in. Uh, we kept in touch. He's a great, great person, let alone a great coach. And I know he was up for a couple of job interviews. I wish him the best of luck. We caught up some. Um, I would really like to see him, you know, that coach. He's a really good coach. I really see him back in the league coaching a, a good group. Um, I think he's very capable. And, you know, said he's waiting to hear back. I think now that some most of the jobs are being filled up, there's only about one left or so. So we'll see if they call his name. And if they do, you never know. I might meet the guy again down the road in the near future. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, the Phoenix Suns job is open. The Detroit Pistons job is open. And finally, the Toronto Raptors job is open. I distinctly remember when I first asked you about Frank Vogel after you first met him, after you went through the training camp, the thing that you told me repeatedly, you loved how detail-oriented he was on the defensive side of the ball. And obviously, those Lakers, the team you won a championship with, man, were y'all good defensively. So whatever team gets him, I think they'll be very happy. We'll see what happens in this coaching cycle. I'm sure we'll do a podcast once that kind of finalizes itself. Uh, But once again, uh, open jobs, Detroit Pistons, Toronto Raptors, Phoenix Suns. We'll see how it all plays out. And we'll see how the NBA Finals plays out as it starts Thursday. Make sure you are subscribed so you know next time we get up on the mic and do this thing once again. Uh, Until next time. Read, rate, subscribe, review. I'm Harrison Sanford. Read, rate, subscribe, review. And again, I'm putting this on wax, Danny. Mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic finals MVP. Okay. Nuggets winning in six. I'm putting in my ticket now. We'll see what happens. Okay. Good <laughs> luck, man. I hope you win some big money. <laughs> see you guys next time. Peace.